Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I am here to validate and support others who have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I am here for my queers, but please don't feel like you have to click off if you don't identify as LGBTQ+. You are still more than welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk about what I call no man's land, which was, in my experience, the space between the day that I broke up with my abuser to the day that I went no contact. It's a pretty wild world. You don't really know what's going on. You're not together, but everything is still happening as it used to, and uh, it's not fun. So let's dive in. Okay, if you're new here, you probably don't know the timeline of my relationship with my abuser and how I got out or anything like that, so I'm just going to give a brief overview. We were together for two and a half years. We lived together pretty much the entire time. Um, I have a son, so basically they were raising my son with me, or so I thought. We actually broke up in late August of 2021. It took me until early October to physically remove myself from the situation, and October 20th of 2021 was the start of my no contact. It's a pretty weird place to be when you've broken up with someone, but you're still living together, and you maybe share bills, there's children involved. Um, In our case, we had a dog that we quote-unquote shared Um, She's really my dog, which if you've been following my story, you've seen my birthday video on TikTok and Instagram, you know all about Pip. She's, (laughs) she's pretty famous now. Um, But um, it's awkward. You don't know what to do. You don't have an obvious way out. It's not easy to, to figure your way out of those kinds of situations. And so you're kind of, like I said, stuck in no man's land. Um, You're not happy you're not trying to have a relationship. You're not cuddling and having good times and sharing in the way you used to. You're just kind of like living in the same space and it's just awkward and uncomfortable. Um, if you're the one that's being abused and you're trying to leave, you're just walking on eggshells, trying to stay as low key as possible, um, kind of like stay off their radar. So they're not starting arguments and trying to lure you into whatever it is they're, they're wanting from you. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty yucky, it's a pretty yucky feeling. You can feel pretty helpless. Um, you're trying to come up with a plan while simultaneously going to work, taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, um, trying to act normal in like in real life situations. Someone is like trying to park really, really close to my car and they're doing a really poor job. So Yes, I'm recording in my car. Sorry about that. Slight distraction there. But anyway, let's move forward to 
some of the examples of things that I experienced during that time. So one of the most obvious things was that my abuser from day one wanted to act like things were still normal. They wanted to continue their habit of, um, you know, we would break up or have a big fight or whatever it was, you know, they, I would be out the door and then they would just act normal the next day. I believe I've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, and it's kind of like a hoovering tactic or a manipulation tactic to get you to forget that you were trying to break up with them and leave them and all those things. And you just continue on with life like normal. Um, so during this time, and like I just said, when we would break up, because if you've been in, a, in an abusive relationship, you know that you did not just break up one time. Yes, there was a last one and done, final discard, final breakup, etc. But throughout your relationship, there were moments and times where you would try to break up with them. Um, you would try to take steps towards that. But for whatever reason, you got sucked back in. So you ended up breaking up three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Who knows? Um, it's kind of funny looking back on it. It's kind of like, what the hell was going on here? But again, if you know, you know, it's not fun. But anyway, yes, they would act normal. Um, of course we lived together, so we were in a shared space and, you know, they would, um, either make a meal or do something for my child or do something for me. Um, or kind of expect me to still be a certain way. And in this final breakup, I knew, I remember, um, I should do a whole episode about the actual breakup. Um, I remember knowing that I actually had to change and move in the direction of leaving, even though I wasn't there yet, because again, in previous quote unquote breakups, I didn't actually make much effort to change things. So this time I started sleeping in my son's room. I stopped saying, I love you. I stopped touching them and interacting with them in like a loving, caring way, which I always had in the past because I was very anxious, constantly trying to get love and affection from them, etc. Obviously no sex either. Um, but it was still very obvious that they were trying to, at this point they could see that I was making changes, but they kind of stayed cool, would try to try to interact with me in ways where they wouldn't before, you know, I would have to come to them for the interaction. And now they would come in while I was in the shower and try to talk to me and be like, why are you being so quiet? Why are you being so distant? Why are you closing me out? This is really hurting me. You're hurting me here. I didn't do anything wrong. Why, why are you doing this? Um, and that was all, that was all just a part of it. And again, at this point I had my foot down in terms of the breakup. I wasn't going to back down and just go back to how things were before. My ex very much wanted to try to stay living together. And at the time I just thought, you know, I don't want to stay like this forever, but they're right. Um, it's very expensive to live alone where we live. I don't really want to go back and live with my son's dad because obviously that was an option that I had to fall back on. I left that marriage. I didn't want to feel like I was backpedaling or I don't know, go live with my mom where you just feel like you're like a naughty, I don't know, teenager going back home with your tail between your legs or whatever. And so I was just like, yeah, you know, it makes sense to stay, you know, financially, there's a kid here. I don't want to give him whiplash with like a sudden, you know, we're moving out. You're losing all your stuff or they're moving out and now we have to adjust to living here without them or whatever. 
So we stayed, um, again, from August to, well, August to September. I can go into that a little bit more later about how I, I left. And um, I went to visit my family for a little bit. But um, they really, really wanted to stay together. And now, looking back <clears throat> with the information that I have now, I believe that there were multiple reasons for this. One is that, you know, if we stayed living together, they would still have me around. They would still have the option to try to continue hovering me if they didn't find new supply to replace me. Also, please excuse me. I have a little bit of a sore throat slash cold coming on. So my voice is kind of different today. It's a little bit painful. I keep kind of like feeling it. So yeah, bear with me today. Um, But you know, if they kept me around, they could continue to try to lure me back into that cycle that we had been in for two and a half years and they wouldn't lose me before they had someone else lined up. Knowing my ex's history, I also fully believe that they just didn't want to live alone. Um, they didn't want to have to be responsible to pay for their own things, which again, you know, there's, this is, it's very expensive nowadays. A lot of people live in the city or just don't want to pay the full amount to live in, you know, in a place or don't want to live alone. They prefer to have a roommate or whatever. And, you know, in a lot of ways that's totally normal and fine and good. And as I said before about my son's dad, I do live with my son's dad now. We co-parent my son. If you don't know this, financially, it makes sense for both of us. Um, my son's happy. It's working for all of us. So again, you don't always have to automatically go and live alone and be alone. Um, I felt a lot of pressure when I was leaving to prove to the world that I could do that. And that's just silly. I'll get to it someday. I don't have to do that right now. Anyway, that was a little bit of a side tangent. Um, My ex really has never lived alone. Um, And again, this isn't because they are such an extrovert or whatever. It's, It's literally because they're a mooch. They don't want to pay bills. They don't want to pull their full weight. Um... When I met them, they were crashing on their friend's couch. They, as far as I know, again, I've been no contact for five months. They probably live with several roommates just so that they aren't having to pay the full amount and most likely are actively looking for supply if they don't have one. And as soon as they find another person to go and live with, a partner to go and live with, they're totally going to dip out and do that. So this was another part of their tactic of trying to convince me to stay living with them is just like, hey, you know... It's not going to be convenient for me if I have to all of a sudden start paying more bills. Um, you know, they're kind of, uh, this is another thing, but a lot of narcissists have multiple jobs or no jobs, but the multiple jobs are like half jobs. They don't make a lot of money because they're trying to mooch off of other people. Or again, not all, not always the case. You know, a lot of times they have a lot of money and they're using that to financially abuse you. But anyway, that's a whole other, whole other situation. Another thing that they were constantly um, hounding me about, (laughs) pun intended, was the dog. Um, Over the course of those couple of months, it was a nonstop barrage of, I'm going to keep the dog or we're going to share the dog. Would we be able to share where you have her sometimes, I have her sometimes? Um, And I do believe that that was just to continue to have control over the situation. I already did a whole podcast about Pip and getting her luckily and how it looked to be abused, um, via the dog and everything like that. So check that out if you're interested. Um, but very much was trying to share the dog. If you are in a situation where an abuser is using an animal against you to control you, to keep you around or whatever, obviously when it's safe to get out, get out, 
get the dog and don't share the dog or the cat or whatever. Do not try to share the animal because it's keeping the door open for them to hoover you, to have control over you, to pop up on your phone or whatever, whenever they conveniently need you to help them out because they're going on a trip or they just want to check in and make sure that you're still there, that you're still answering your phone to them. You're still just kind of like available to them. And really, it's just best to cut that tie completely if you can. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of us in these situations are going to lose animals. Like if it really is their animal, it's in their name. Um, You don't really have a claim to the animal. It is very sad. It's devastating to lose an animal. I have lost many, many animals um, in my life. And, you know, you have to, in these cases, remember that your life and your mental health is more important than trying to fight over an animal and maintaining contact with someone over an animal. Again, I am very lucky that I was able to get Pip. And I feel very thankful that I knew and had the foresight to not try to set up that kind of shared situation with them. I just knew that it would be a disaster. I knew that they were going to continue to use the dog to control me, etc. So yes, definitely one of those things where, again, in terms of living together, having a dog together, all of those things, tie up those loose ends as soon as you possibly can. From... August to up until the time that I left when if again if you are you know watching my content on TikTok and Instagram um I talked about this in a previous podcast I can't remember which episode it was but um at the very end we finally physically got out because my ex started emotionally not started very obviously ramped up their emotional abuse toward my three-year-old son. And that helped me out the door. That helped me go no contact. That helped me just tie up all the loose ends very quickly. Um, And I say ramped up because now looking back, they were emotionally abusing him and controlling and all the things the entire time. I just wasn't aware of it. I was minimizing and rationalizing it because I thought they loved him. I thought they loved us. I thought that they were trying to learn how to gentle parent like I was, all the things that we do when we're in these situations and, you know, don't understand until we're out of them. But my ex was adamant that we should continue to um, parent my son together. They would say things like, you've already taken him from his dad. You've already taken him out of a family situation. I'm in love with him. He's in love with me. We're so close. Um, He's going to be devastated if he loses me. I can't live without him. I want to still have access to him. Um, And again, that was just a way of using my son, who is my whole heart, to control me, to keep me around, to guilt me. Um, And had I physically left, but then allowed them to continue to see my son on occasion, obviously, again, same with the dog. They're still able to check in with you. They're still showing up. They're still keeping their claws in you and not letting you go. Um, in my case, I'm very lucky that my abuser had no legal or biological ties to my son. Um, again, he has a dad, we co-parent together. Um, you know, his dad is not abusive. So I was able to just get the kiddo and leave and they had literally no right to continue seeing him. Although again, they did try for a while. The next thing was trying to convince me that we should stay friends There was a lot of comments like, let's make sure this is an amicable breakup. I want to make sure we don't hate each other off out of, um, after all of this, 
I still want to hang out. We can still work out at the gym together. Um, and when I, I, I left for two weeks, as I mentioned earlier, to visit my family to kind of clear my head. Um, at that time, I had a suspicion that I was in a trauma bond and wanted to see how it felt to be away from them for a while. Um, was only supposed to be there for a week, but did not want to go back, did not want to face reality. I knew that was coming. Um, kind of a yucky time, but you know, I came back and they were just very much like, yeah, I kind of, again, trying to keep up that, um, sense of still being in a relationship and Hey, let's still talk. Let's still bond. Let's still do this. Let's still do that. But yeah, no, we're not together anymore. We're not good together, but let's still, you know, keep this connection, which looking back, they, they always try to have that connection with their exes. I remember them texting multiple exes and, um, women that they kind of had in the sidelines early on when I was with them, which I need to do a whole episode about their supply chain and repeating supply and all of that stuff. Because again, looking back, I understand it so much more clearly, but they did have a tendency of keeping those exes around as quote unquote friends, um, which again, were they were all just supply. And um, it is pretty uncomfortable to try to be friends with someone who's abused you and you're starting to really um, see things clearly and you're kind of going along with it because you don't want to be abused. You don't want to piss them off. You don't want to, you know, again, you're still living together, um, but you're also still actively being abused and you're aware of it. So you're just kind of like, um, I did use the gray rock method a lot during this time where they would come up to me and talk to me and I would just keep everything really low key, really uninteresting uninteresting. Is that a word? I don't know. Really boring. And again, I gave an example earlier where, you know, they'd come up to me and be like, why are you doing this? Why are you shutting me out? Why are you acting like this? What are you doing? Um, so yeah, very, very difficult to try to be friends with someone after that kind of situation. Definitely don't do it. It's not worth it. On the note of still wanting to be friends, it got really weird when I found out about the new supply that my ex had lined up. I, I keep saying I need to do an episode on this, an episode on that. I really do. I have a long list of episodes. Please, if you're listening and I mention a future episode and you would be interested in that, let me know and I'll put it at the front of the list and we'll, we'll knock that one out. But um, when I found out, I did um, confront them about it and, um, you know, they of course played it off as nothing and, you know, lied and downplayed it, all the things. But then very quickly, they were trying to use me for support because they were chasing after another married woman at the same gym where they met me and pursued me. Um, I was married at the time. I'm very open about this. I'm not proud of that, but yes, I was married at the time. It's kind of their thing to go after straight presenting married women um, and have them leave their husbands for them. Um, But they would simultaneously be pursuing this other person and messaging me saying, I feel so bad. I'm so into them, but I know I shouldn't be doing this. What should I do? Um, Hey, I'm getting a tattoo. What tattoo should I get? And I'm just sitting here like ignoring it. Like you're pursuing this other married woman telling me, you know, this is wrong. Asking me for advice, asking me for tattoo placement ideas. You want what? And then telling me way too much again. Yes. For a short time, there was about 24 hours where my attachment wound was off the charts and I was freaking out, even though I had left them, was actively, you know, ready to go no contact. But like, you know, when you find out that they've quote unquote 
replace you, which whatever, dude, good. Let them. Um, it hurts. It sucks. It's scary. But then, you know, for me, in my case, this situation, seeing them repeat this pattern so closely helped me go no contact. Literally, like I said, within 24 hours, I was no contact and never looked back. Um, but it's, it's something that they'll do is again, try to keep you around, try to keep you as a friend, act like they need you for support. Um, another thing that they did was share some personal trauma related, mental health related stuff with me. Like, Hey, just so you know, like I just figured this out and this is going to be a change for me. Um, and this is what I'm, you know, whatever. And like, I haven't really told anyone and I'm, you know, I'm meant to be their confidant, their supporter, their whatever. Again, not worth it. Okay. That's all I have for now. Again, these are just some examples of what I went through in that weird no man's land time period between breaking up with my abuser and finally physically removing myself, going no contact, and just getting the hell out of there. Like I said, if you've been there, you know what this is like. You've probably experienced similar situations. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who get into this boat where you can't just up and leave overnight or you at least think you can't because I did. I did leave overnight. I've talked about this before. I did have someone at my house when I was leaving. So I do feel like that made it safe for me to leave. I don't think I would have gotten out had there not been someone in my home at the time. Um, but you know, it is very difficult. It is incredibly difficult when you are in a trauma bond. You have been physically prevented from leaving. You've, you know, again, tried and failed. It's not your fault to leave several times. You're beaten down. You're tired. You're exhausted. Your mental health is down. Your physical health is down. You're financially dependent on them. There's a kid involved, whatever. It's very, very difficult. And so basically my goal in sharing this with you is to validate you. If you're in this situation, you feel trapped. You're in no man's land. You don't feel like you can get out. I'm here to tell you that you can. There is light on the other side. There's always a solution. Um, And give yourself grace if you're not in physical danger to, you know, lay low, gray rock. um, Basically make yourself really boring so they're not going off on you and starting fights and things like that. Don't react to them. Um, And just be actively making those plans, looking for other places to stay, even if it's temporary Obviously, again, if you are in physical danger, don't try to leave on, on, you know, on a, on a dime or what, how do you say that? Don't try to leave on a whim. Um, what was I saying? A drop of a, I don't, anyway, um, go to the hotline.org, come up with a safety plan. Um, they have a 24 hour hotline there, reach out for help, whatever that is, but you, you are not alone in being in this weird in between situation. This happens a lot. They definitely want to keep you there. Um, at least until they get another supply. There's a reason why you're feeling so trapped, why you you are so tangled up with them, Um, but you can get out. Okay, y'all, that is all for this episode. Thank you for bearing with me with my kind of teetering on the edge of being sick voice and um, just whole situation today. I appreciate it. If you like this episode, you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I appreciate it so much. Every single time that you're doing that, you're sharing this, it helps get this podcast into the ears of the people who need it the most. 
If you like this and you want more from me, you can always find me at the Lindsay Goodman on TikTok and Instagram, or you can go to my website at thelindsaygoodman.com. I appreciate you all so much, and I will be back next week with more.